You're listening to Sync Beast. I'm Graham, your host, and after I hit six figures as a sync producer, I made it my mission to turn sync into a game that I could play and win year after year. With a simple creative strategy, intense production techniques, and pro-level mindsets that got me there faster than I could have ever imagined. I want to sell the farm so that you can create a profitable sync catalog, produce for sync with confidence, and actually improve your lifestyle as a sync producer. I'm here to let you know that sync is just a game, and I'm going to show you how to play it coming up. What is up, y'all? We got a juicy one, a juicy drama-filled, high-maintenance episode for you. (laughs) So I saw somebody post about these sync briefs that they got in their inbox. And I read it, and I thought about it, and of course, thought about it through my Sync Beast lens. This is where the drama kicks in. Brace yourself. I wanted to reply to them so bad and offer my opinion on the matter, but it didn't seem worth it at the time. Boo. So I slept on it. I'm a big proponent of sleeping on thoughts and ideas because they only get better when I do. So I slept on it, and now I'm talking about it to you instead. And so here it is. They gave very little information about the sync briefs they received, other than the fact that they were not surprising, right? They posted, they said, here's what I got. They were kind enough to tell us what the briefs were, but then they said, it's not surprising. As in the styles the briefs were asking for were more of the same old styles that you see on TV over and over again, right? It's not surprising. That was their two cents. They said the briefs asked for high energy hip hop, whatever that is, trailer style orchestral. Okay. A little more targeted, I suppose. Not really though, in my opinion, if I'm actually thinking about it creatively. They also asked for uplifting, fun, modern pop. Again, not as targeted as I would like. And the last one was retro funk. Fairly general stuff, right? Like to me, those aren't sync briefs. That is not what I'm used to. I have no way of knowing the actual deep down emotion, the sentiment they're looking to connect with in those so-called briefs. Like if I'm placing my bets on my music and I'm playing the game, I want to know that I'm positioned to win. And these sync briefs, if you can call them that, give me little to no confidence that I'm actually creating something of value. I want to know it. I want to know exactly the emotion I'm targeting. Like I'm obsessed with getting as much information as possible when it comes to briefs. And there's always a chance that this person didn't have a direct line of communication with the agent that sent them those briefs. I get that. It could have just been like an email blast, like a cattle call thing, which happens. And I did a reel on this, actually. Uh, Just go to my Instagram and find the video. I think it's called Bad Sync Briefs. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, it'll help you get a better idea of how sacred I believe good briefs are. And if I don't have the information to execute, like from the brief itself, I dig and dig and dig in any way possible to get that information. High energy hip hop means nothing to me. What I want to know 
is the function the music is going to serve. I want to know the purpose my track is going to serve. High energy is not a purpose. It's the what. High energy is the what. Like, what is the music? It's high energy. I'm not concerned with the what. Because the what is easy. Everybody can do the what, right? What should I write for sync? Write what's on TV, bro. Like, it's so easy. Like, listen to it. Figure that out. Now you got the what. Now just do that, right? Everyone can do that. What I'm concerned with, and what I implore you to be concerned with, is the how. If a brief tells me how I should build a track, then I'm in business. Hopefully that makes sense. Like, I'm talking about how the track is going to be used. How it'll function in an ad. As sync producers, that's what we need to focus on. That's what we need to dig into and become obsessed with. Because at the end of the day, our music has to serve a brand and align with their message. If it doesn't do those two things, we're out. And high energy, that descriptor there, is not enough to connect with a brand. I challenge you to tell me one brand that's high energy in nature. Like truly the pure definition of high energy. I can't think of any. I'm literally racking my brain. I can't think of a brand that's high energy. Maybe Mountain Dew. I can't think of any beyond that. I, I don't even know. I haven't even seen a Mountain Dew ad in a good while. So I wouldn't even know. But if you could think of some, DM me. Because I'd like to hear what you come up with for a high energy brand. Okay, so bad briefs. This person chose to post about the briefs they got and continued by saying, this is the sync game. They literally said that. This is the game. Implying that writing the music you hear in ads and shows and trailers is the sync game. And that it's simple and straightforward. They literally said that. And this is what really got me. Because figuring out what to write for syncs, like what they're talking about, is not the sync game. If that were the sync game, then everybody would play it. That perspective implies that if you only knew what to write, that you'll position yourself for more syncs. And from my experience, and from seeing the kind of deep targeting work that goes into projects at Marmoset, other sync houses, and inside SyncBeast, the what is only a small percentage of the creative process. Anyone can watch ads and figure out what to write. They are correct in that this portion of it is simple, right? That is simple. You watch it, you think about it, you execute. But then they go on to suggest that you pick one of these genres and produce it at a high level, which, again, I don't necessarily disagree with. We have to create quality music. But that comes after proper positioning. Executing at a high level always comes after proper positioning. I don't care how good your tracks sound, okay? If they're not built the way that brands and supervisors and creatives expect, then the packaging means nothing. The packaging being the production work, the mixing, whatever. 
This is exactly why we see so many beat makers pitching their stuff to libraries and it's just getting rejected. Like the libraries don't want it because they either have too much of that thing already or their tracks don't have the sauce. They're not dynamic. They're not diverse. They don't hit all of the emotional points that they should. They don't hit the proper timing points that they should. Like, you see how much goes into this, right? And because of that, the library sees no value, and then they reject the track. And this goes full circle back to wanting as much information as possible from the sync agent. I'm talking about me. I want that. I want information. Because without it, I'm absolutely toast. I'm dead. I'm wasting my time. I don't want them to reject the tracks that I spent a shitload of time and energy on. It's not cool. It's not cool for them. It's not cool for me. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time or anybody else that I'm working on this music with. That is the opposite of setting myself up for success. And we have to recognize the sequence here. We all want syncs. We all want syncs which means our tracks have to be positioned for what I call visibility, okay? When your tracks sit in a library, people need to be able to find them. Whether that's in a music search or brand pitches or if a, a creative goes to the website, you know, and starts punching in tags, like clicking the tags and the moods and whatever that align with their project, your track needs to pop up in that search. And preferably high up on the list, right? Because humans are creatures of habit. They're just going to find number one and click it. Which should be a little hint into figuring out how to build your tracks, how to actually make them, how to make them so that they're positioned for visibility. Whatever library your tracks are in, okay, if they have a search function available for creatives, then you can search for the tags that describe your tracks and just see. Like, it's only going to help you to see if your tracks are floating to the top. Because if they're not, then that library likely has a bunch of tracks that do pop up with those particular mood tags and descriptors, whatever. You can listen to them. You can study them. You can learn how they're occupying that space, right? It's a little tiny monopoly. You have to think about it like that. They show up in searches because they're built with the right stuff. They have the positioning. They have the visibility. And most of all, the library found that music to be valuable too, which is why they accepted it. And that's the part of the sequence that so many producers overlook. Pleasing and appeasing the library first. They're the ones who rep your tracks. They pitch your tracks. So give them assets they can actually use. I'm always looking to have a conversation with my library before I dive in. Because something like trailer-style orchestral, like this person is posting about, it's not much of a brief to work with. At least not in my opinion. Like, maybe you could work with it, and maybe your track would do great. But I just don't have that confidence. I don't place bets on maybe. I know what works. I know that I'd be far better off with a more descriptive niche brief like intense foreboding orchestral trailer something like that 
or like beat driven, uplifting trailer orchestral. Like I'm, I'm just pulling these out of my ass, but do, do you see what I'm doing there? I'm taking this vanilla beige brief, <laughs> the trailer style orchestral, I think is what they said, which is the what, what am I writing? Well, it's trailer style orchestral. Okay. And I'm adding more depth and precision in terms of sentiment, emotional tone. And that is what translates to targeting. It's this targeting idea that I've been talking about this whole time. I'm going to be far better off with the brief I crafted for myself, you know, beat driven, uplifting orchestral because of how specific and niche it is. It tells me how I should build the trailer style orchestral track. Uplifting, beat driven, those are functions. That describes a behavior. And that's what connects with what brands want. Libraries know that. Creatives know that. High-level sync producers know that. My brief tells me that it should be beat-driven. Okay, then I know there's going to be a balance between the drums that I use, likely some sort of modern trap drums or something, mixed with some interesting, maybe like world sounds to give it some flair. And then the next descriptor I added was uplifting. See, uplifting says everything about the purpose the track serves. It's meant to uplift people. It's meant to lift them up, lift their spirits, lift their mood, their confidence level. Like there are so many angles that can come out of uplifting, which only helps us further because the more descriptors we can come up with, that fall in line with the brief, the more fodder we have for not just one track, but multiple. And libraries love it when you pitch something they like and then you have more of it locked and loaded. Like I've heard it so many times where Marmoset loves something that I pitch them and they're like, we need more. It's flat out, right? We need more of this. And having that shit on hand makes it so much easier to please the library. Remember, we have to please them first. So even if you don't have a very detailed brief, you have the emotional capacity, the intellectual capacity to think deeper about what it is you're about to write, how you're going to pull this thing off, how you're going to position this asset that's going to open up sync opportunities for you and earn for you months from now. We're talking long game here. You put in the thought power. Write it all out if you have to. And then you can start to combine all the different moods and descriptors and synonyms that you come up with to brief yourself on even more tracks in the same vein. And that's super important because the game of sync is not just about what you write. It's about how you write it. And how many times you can do it again and again and again in different enough ways to scratch a variety of emotional itches. And that's important. It's so important because I always tell people it takes one track to hook them and another track to sell them. Creatives will find a track of yours in a search. It'll be close to what they want. And the quality of that track will likely 
spark their curiosity to search for another one of your tracks that behaves in the same way, but hits a different emotional tone. One track to hook them, one track to sell them. Now, it doesn't always shake out like that, but it absolutely has happened to me in the past. And by doing so, I strengthen my catalog with useful tracks that serve a purpose, right? I have more than one of these valuable things, these assets, all because I took the time to further brief myself on the possibilities, the angles, all the different ways I could approach a simple vanilla brief like retro funk, right? That's another one that they posted about. Like, what does retro funk even mean? Bruno Mars? Motown? Post Motown? Fucking Bootsy Collins? Like, how should I put this retro funk thing together? Like, the what is not enough. You have to tell me how, or else I will not deliver. In fact, I refuse. That's how obsessed I am with getting briefed very, very well. Hyper-targeted. Super-positioned. I already get the style. Retro funk. I get it. But I need the function. I need to know the purpose I'm serving with this track. I need more descriptors. And if I can't get more information out of my library then you can bet I'm going to get my hands dirty, start digging for deeper, more valuable, purposeful, emotional tones to guide me. I need that guidance. And that's exactly how I combat bad briefs. It's how I make lemonade out of lemons and position myself for more sync opportunities just by using my brain. That's all it takes. A little bit of extra time, a little bit of extra effort, to dig up some diamonds from the lumps of coal that a library has given you. That is the sync game. That's it, y'all. I hope that was enough drama for you today. It definitely was for me. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you like this content and you want more, I'm posting a lot over on my Instagram. Right now, I'm really focusing on stories, okay? Which is where I get to share a lot of my deeper material like you're used to hearing on this podcast. Anyway, it's another way for you to get the real stuff that no one else is talking about in the new age of sync. You can find me at syncbeast.co on Instagram, and I'll see you over there. Be sure to catch the next one because I'm talking a ton more about how to think at the highest level of sync. It's the game I play every single day, and I want to see you win. Stay hungry, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>